another edition of the Tango Banter. I am Elisabetta and very happy to have you with me for the next few minutes. Before we launch into our topic today, just wanted to let you know that I am taking the show on the road again. Uh, I will be in San Diego this week uh, for the San Diego Tango Marathon. Uh, there will be a little workshop before the marathon on Thursday night, uh, August 18th. And I'm teaching this uh, workshop for women who are interested in starting to lead. So if you've been toying around with the idea, if you're planning to be at the marathon, um, do come by on Thursday night from 7.30 to 9.30. I uh, would love to have you. It's open to uh, women of all levels, all uh, levels of experience. So don't feel uh, bad if you don't know any leading moves. Just your curiosity and willingness to try something new is required for this workshop. So I encourage you to drop by if you want to learn more about it you can visit my website at imsotango.com. And uh, I've also noticed that my last week's episode really struck a chord with many of you, and I've been getting such wonderful, thoughtful, and thought-provoking messages. And I have to be honest, I am surprised at how many messages I've been getting from men. Um, and I know maybe that's obvious, but um, when I started the podcast and sort of when I think about my themes, a lot of them, I'm thinking about it from a woman's perspective, of course my own, but also because I talk a lot with women. I don't necessarily spend as much time talking with men uh, at the Milonga and uh, so it's been really great to hear from those of you from the opposite gender, hear how you are relating to the themes I'm talking about, just some of your own experience as well, because I really see this platform, uh, this podcast as a way to bring forth issues that are on our minds that we're dealing with on a daily basis but we don't talk about because maybe it's taboo or we don't really know how to talk about it and you know I one thing that that uh, you'd learn about me if you hung out with me even for a little bit is that I'm a huge fan of Sex in the City <laughs> I have rewatched that show several times, including recently. I just finished uh, going through it again. And one of the reasons that this particular show has had such an impact on me, and those of you out there who are fans, you'll probably agree with me, is that that show really brought forth uh, ideas and concepts and issues that were not discussed anywhere else. So I remember as a young woman in my 20s, 
watching that show and listening to some of the dialogue and some of the the issues that the characters faced was extremely liberating for me and I, I know it made it much easier to uh, speak up and, and to develop myself into my adult self. So in a similar way with this podcast, um, I feel my goal is to open up discussion, continue to open up dialogue about issues that are ongoing, things that are not necessarily going to be solved anytime soon, uh, things that might be really frustrating or embarrassing. Uh, and in that way, maybe discharge them a little bit and take away some of the sting or uh, discomfort that we might feel towards these ideas. Uh, I think that's been very helpful for me and I'm sort of guessing that's what's helpful for others of you and some of you have shared this with me that you're just grateful that I'm giving art, that I'm articulating things that you might be thinking uh, but no, you haven't had a chance to talk about so so all of that is to say keep it coming because all of your input and your stories is what fuels my next ideas and I want uh, the discussion to be relevant so it really helps to to know what your experience has been uh, because no matter how well-informed I might be for myself you know my perspective is only so wide uh, so it's sometimes great to hear from those of you who have different experiences and different ideas how you perceive these issues so today's topic uh, is going to be a good one for us to dig into and it's a topic that's on my mind a lot I have written about it over the years I've talked about it at length I haven't talked about it directly on this podcast although I keep referring to it uh, and so with a little bit of trepidation I'll go ahead and open it up fully knowing that I actually I don't really know yet what it is I want to say uh, fully because the topic is huge uh, so the topic of rejection rejection saying no to someone and because we're talking about tango we're we're gonna keep it to the dance floor but of course it's not hard to connect all of these themes to our daily life so uh, when it comes to rejection tango can be pretty brutal and there's a lot of anxiety uh, that comes out uh, in people and in my own experience the experience of rejection and my willingness to experience it and how I react a lot of times is the truest form of reflecting on where I am emotionally you know it's like um, I can feel really confident really great about myself but it is what happens to me internally when I'm rejected or when I have to reject someone else that's the true test of where I'm at you know because it's it's not easy right and uh, for most of us 
when we start tango, uh, we are very concerned with with getting invited, with with being accepted, and we fear rejection. So, uh, you know, I've heard of people saying that they've tried to capaceo someone, and that person said no, and they never asked them again. And I've done that myself. Like you, you go out on a limb and you ask someone and they say no. And then you're, you're like, I'm never going to ask them again. Right? Like that's happened. It's also happened that uh, when I first started dancing, I would get a lot of dances from, um, you know, people who had been in the community for a long time, but who were not necessarily advanced dancers, right? There's a, there's a very common, um, common progression in the dance, <clears throat> in a dance path for someone that they get to a certain level and then they don't progress anymore. And <clears throat> we might discuss whether that's wrong or right and whether they should be progressing, but ultimately there's a whole segment of tango population that they get to a certain level and then they just stay there. And so as a beginner, when I started, I was dancing with a lot of those dancers and then I progressed and it got to be that I didn't want to dance with those dancers anymore. And I started rejecting them. And boy, did I feel uncomfortable about that, right? I, I'm sure uh, this is something that's on people's minds a lot. In fact, I just had a conversation with a student of mine who I was asking her how her uh, Milonga experience was and 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 she shared you know it was good but you know I ended up having to dance with a couple of people that I really didn't want to <laughs> and so we talked a little bit about that and we especially I think women and I mean, this is my assumption. It's a well-informed assumption, but it's still an assumption that for women especially, for us to say no to someone is almost more difficult than sustaining a rejection, being rejected sometimes. There's so much guilt associated with it, especially if we are sort of trained to seek approval from others and a lot of our identity is derived from that so then we really rely on um, people asking us to dance to feel good about ourselves and that's just that's just kind of how it works and I know that for me that was very much the case when I first started is that this nervousness you're going to go to the milonga and you know, I, I talked about in the last episode how I used to have panic attacks, right? And a lot of the panic attacks were coming from this thought like, nobody's going to dance with me. Nobody's going to dance. I mean, I was so scared. And it's funny because I would, I remember my very first festival where I had a, a pretty big moment of panic was in Istanbul. It's a huge festival. Uh, the guest dancers were Chicho and Juana, who are legends, of course, and attracted a huge crowd. And it's my first festival, and I was so stressed out, of course, because 
I'm super insecure. I don't know the language. There's all these people. I feel um, really awkward. I was also in this sort of interesting uh, style phase at that point. I had this extremely short black hair with these very severe bangs that kind of cut across my forehead. My inspiration was girl with the dragon tattoo. So, <laughs> so I was in this black phase. I wore a lot of black black eyeliner, black hair. And then in terms of my clothing, I wore a lot of asymmetrical things. Uh, I liked kind of flowy, asymmetrical, not form-fitting clothing. So that's kind of how I was. And I can imagine going into a traditional tango malanga looking like that. I'm sure I came across as, you know, being kind of awkward, you know, maybe not being very approachable also because I was very anxious and, you know, I, I wanted to hide. I wanted to like hide in the corner, but then you go in the corner and you're like, nobody's going to dance with me. Nobody's going to dance with me. But then you're like, okay, you need to like go up and be visible. So I remember I go to this wall at one point and I'm standing there and I'm just sweating bullets and I'm convinced that everybody's looking at me and so there's a lot of anxiety about that, right? That that you're going to be rejected. Nobody's going to ask you to dance. And that's a huge hurdle, right? That's a huge feeling to to experience. Now, granted, eventually that feeling is kind of not as powerful because as you start dancing you got you get kind of less and less anxious about it and for a lot of people like myself eventually it was too much dancing you know once i once i got over that initial hurdle i've had some experiences under my belt i was going to malongas more i <laughs> i changed the way i dressed that helped a lot I should do an episode just on that because, you know, what you wear does impact you for sure. It's it's huge. Fashion is like a another aspect of tango that's very under-evaluated. Uh, so eventually it became too much. And I remember when I went to Buenos Aires, uh, there was a point, there was like a turning point when I was at a milonga where there were so many dancers and so many foreigners and they they all were just looking for someone to dance with like there was no curation there was no like do I really want to dance with this person or not it was just like music is on I got to find a body to dance with and so I kind of reached the point where I started saying no and it was it was interesting because here I was still a new dancer and I want to dance but now I have this feeling like I don't want to just dance with anyone I want to dance with a good dancer and the moment that starts happening in your mind that means you now are on that path to saying no to someone or wanting to say no and whether you do or not that is become becomes the dialogue because for women 
we feel very guilty saying no. We feel very guilty rejecting. We feel responsible. We don't want to hurt people's feelings a lot of times. Um, so the, the conversation I had with the dancer a few days ago when she said, you know, I had to dance with somebody I didn't want to. And I said, why? And she said, because they were my friends. They were some acquaintances. And, you know, I was like, how do you say no to that? And of course, like that never gets resolved. But it, it, I think it's good to keep it as an open dialogue because sometimes it's good to practice saying no. And other times it's good to say yes. And it just it's just going to depend on on your situation. You know, there it becomes a, an exploration of your own values, your own willingness, um, maybe even your own self-respect, right? Like, will you will you say yes to a tanda because you feel guilty saying no? And is that acceptable for you? Are you gonna are you gonna do that a lot versus saying no and allowing for the possibility of something better? Right? I mean it's it's definitely kind of um a yin yang pull. You know, you're always kind of between the two. But I like the idea and this I, I also had another conversation with friend uh, a true tango banter I had a true tango banter at the Malanga uh, a few weeks ago with a really good friend we found ourselves sitting late in the night not dancing and we started talking about this idea that we've gotten to this place where it's okay not to dance we'd rather just sit and listen rather than grab just anyone to dance with um, and we were talking about the fact that every time we do go to dance, there's we always have this idea of like community service tandas, right? Like there's there are those dancers that you want to dance with as a contribution to their growth, right? There might be beginners, they might you know they might be one of those dancers who are kind of like plateaued and they haven't developed, and you just want to give and be generous and, and share and dance with those people because for them you know it's it's such a treat to dance with you you know whenever sometimes I'll dance with somebody who doesn't get to dance very much with a dancer of my level and they'll be so grateful and they'll be so happy and it just like makes their night and it's really good to to do that for someone to give that but how much can you do that right like for me, I would say two tandas a night is about my limit because you want to respect your own dance. You want to respect your body. Sometimes if it's uncomfortable for you to dance with someone, you know, how much of your own comfort are you going to sacrifice, right? So depending on your level of stamina and, and allowing this kind of like you know, service, uh, at some point you're going to have to confront the possibility that you might have to say no. And so where is that line? Where is that line for you, right? Where is that, 
where are you comfortable at and where do you feel that you're you're getting what you want um you know because when you say yes to a dance that you don't quite want it's kind of like you're you're not really giving the other person what they want, even though they're getting to dance with you, yes, but it's like energetically you're like not really in it. And then you're also closing yourself off to other dancers for yourself, right? Like you're not available to dance with the dancers that you really want. And of course it gets into that level of like believing whether you can get what you want. And I do wanna do another episode just on like if you have an ambition to dance with higher level dancers, which I know all of us do, I still do, uh, every single dancer wants to dance with higher level dancers. And I think for most of us, we think it's just a matter of technique and talent and experience, right? We just think like, as a follower, I used to think, well, as soon as I get my balance right, my pivot's good, then everybody's gonna wanna dance with me. But that's not the case, there's actually you know, strategies and I think some savviness required socially to to get to that level where you're you have access to the dancers that you want. So I, I do want to do an episode on that uh, for sure. But today I just kind of wanted to bring this question uh, of what is the line for you to to draw when you when you say no, what are your deal breakers? What are your personal deal breakers when it comes to dancing? And I'll go ahead and uh, open up about my deal breakers. Uh, and it's the reason why I'm doing it again is I think you'll be surprised at some of my deal breakers and maybe you'll be even shocked that I'll that I base my decision on, on certain qualities. But before I share them, I'll I'll tell you why I decided to come up with this for myself. And a couple of things happened along my uh, tango journey. Um, and I think it really opened up my eyes about what are deal breakers for men and what are deal breakers for women. And of course they're gonna be different because in tango, men, leaders, are the ones initiating. We are women followers, are the ones who are answering the call, right? So when you initiate, it kind of works backwards. You reject you reject first, right? You, you, you choose, you choose the person that you wanna dance with um, as a leader. So for men, you know, they reject by, by choosing one over the other. For us women, we have to kind of say no to that and then wait for the thing that we want or pursue with the person that we really want to dance with. So there's been a lot of interest I've noticed over the years, uh, especially like when I first was dancing, there was a lot of conversation about how do you choose who you dance with. And this question was asked a lot of professional dancers. And I noticed it was this yearning to know what do we need to do to get a dance with you, right? Like this question of what do we need to make sure that we do to get a yes, right? And um, 
So I'll tell you a couple of things that happened that were really revealing. One was a an interview I watched with a very high level, uh, currently celebrity status dancer leader, who is not one of my favorites. I, I don't really, um, I think he's a very gifted dancer, but I, I don't really care for his style. And um, he was interviewed when I when I tell you what he said I wonder if you'll guess who it is um so he was asked how he decides who he's going to dance with and he said that his criteria was that the woman had to have certain features she had to be young she had to be beautiful I'm paraphrasing here but the other thing is that she had to make like she had to wear a different dress from the night before so like if it was a festival if he saw a woman and she she like wore the same dress as the night before he wouldn't dance with her and when he said that i first my first reaction was like what an ass <laughs> but the thing was that he got to say it and the people who were listening, they didn't pr protest. They just took it as like, oh yeah, okay, that's, that's his taste. That's what he likes and that's, that's what he wants. And that was kind of a clue to me. I'm like, this guy openly says that he only wants to dance with young, hot women and you know they have to be dressed a certain way and like it's a total judgment of external features it's very facade and tango is supposed to be about the embrace and intimacy and all that and here's this person just very being very open about something that might make other people feel very uh uncomfortable even saying like as a woman i couldn't imagine saying something like that um it felt very rude, you know? And then another part, another occasion that helped me um, form these deal breakers is I was at a milonga with a friend in Buenos Aires and he went to dance with someone. He started a tanda and he returned within like half a song. And I said, what happened? And he said, Oh, I I just walked off the dance floor because her embrace was so uncomfortable. And I was like, you mean to tell me you just walked off the dance floor in the middle of a song? And he was so not unapologetic about it. He was like, of course, I just told her that her embrace was impossible and I, I couldn't dance with that and I just walked off light bulb moment I was like wow that's amazing that like you felt you were uncomfortable you didn't like something and you just walked off and you you kind of decided that so at that moment I kind of decided that it was okay for me to form my own set of deal breakers that it's kind of arbitrary it doesn't matter what kind of deal breakers they are they're mine like and I can be okay with that so I kind of started keeping track for myself of what kinds of things really bother me that will really 
prevent me from wanting to dance with someone. So here's a, a small little list that has been kind of a standard for me that I choose. Um, how I choose the people I dance with. All right, here we go. Um, I'm going to lead with a really uh, intimate one, and that is number one for me is smell. Smell. It's it's if I don't like the way somebody smells, I cannot dance with them. And it might be bo, like some people's bo just really doesn't smell good to me. It might be really a uh, big kind of opulent cologne or perfume that is like meh. Uh, but it might even just be something about our chemistry. Like one, uh, my, uh, I have a good friend uh, who I've danced with, and when she, you know, starts sweating a little bit, she kind of smells like urine, and it's so weird. And nobody else smells it. I swear to God, I've asked other people, nobody else smells it. I'm the only one, you know. So it kind of goes to show. It's like chemistry sometimes. Somebody smells like to you, it's not like they actually smell bad, it's just to you. And for me, deal breaker, okay? It, it's just, it doesn't work. Another one is like hair. And I know I have, I have quite a bit of hair, so, you know, sometimes I know people don't like my hair, and that's okay. But for some people, whether it's like height, some people I dance with, they might have, um, they might be slightly shorter than me, and they might have really prickly hair or something and it's like in my face and I feel like I'm dancing with a hedgehog <laughs> like I can't do it you know so I'll make a decision based on that like I just I don't like it um, another one is whenever I watch people dance if I see dancers moving a lot around the dance floor like huge steps, moving around a lot, going in and out of um, lanes, you know, uh, dance lanes. Like to me, if I see that, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. Just right away, if I see that, I can't, uh, uh, I don't like seeing that, you know. Um, another one has become uh, drunk. If somebody's drunk and I can tell, there's a number of dancers who are very fine dancers and I always try to catch them at the beginning of the night because towards the end of the night they get kind of drunk and kind of sweaty, which is the next one actually, the sweat. And maybe I've become a little bit more sensitive post-COVID, that might be, but uh, I really don't like dancing with with men or women who are very very sweaty you know so I if I see that if like somebody's drenched and I might love dancing with them typically but I'm not you know not gonna not gonna do it um another one is like I guess that also has to do with smell is like um breath breath smell uh really if the breath smells bad, it's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I kind of have to dance with my face kind of turned away because I can't focus on the music. I'm like trying not to gag or something. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, it's very physical because you, you're like so close. Uh, so that's, that's a big one. 
Um, so the other couple of ones are definitely very subjective and that's uh, a lot of times the embrace, uh, the quality of the embrace, that's a big, big topic. And of course, if we talk about rejecting a dancer, a lot of times we'll start there, which is like the embrace is uncomfortable. Uh, and it's very likely that it's not uncomfortable at itself. It's just uncomfortable to me. So we sometimes get lost in, in like judging ourselves that we can't make it work with, with another person. But, um, you know, you kind of develop a, an intuition about that. I know I did. It took a while, but I kind of had this gut instinct that I would watch a dancer and I'll just be able to tell whether their embrace was going to work for me. And, you know, one time I didn't listen to this uh, guidance in myself. I was at a milonga in Buenos Aires and uh, a woman sitting next to me who was a very advanced dancer and teacher, uh, you know, she was famous to me and I was like honored to be sitting next to her and talking to her. She agreed to dance with this gentleman who I was like, why would she agree to dance with him? He doesn't look that good. And so the next night I saw him in a milonga and I thought, well, you know, she danced with him. If she can dance with him, that means it's a good sign. So I'll dance with him. And I tell you, I took the embrace. And the moment we took the embrace, I was like, whoa, this is going to be a long ride. So I learned my lesson. And now I kind of watch for certain things in the embrace. Uh, I observe the posture a lot. If I see uh, somebody dancing with their head forward quite a bit, I will choose not to dance with them because uh, pressure of the head forward is one of the biggest contributors of neck and shoulder tension for me. It really impacts my uh, balance and my experience. So, you know, I'll typically either will kind of you know, reject it, reject a cabaseo, or I just will opt for dancing and open embrace or something. So uh, that's that's a, a really big one. Um, and then the last one, definitely, you know, any any dancer who starts giving you any kind of feedback, like I've had, I've danced with men who like correct my dance in some way or give me some sort of comment about my dancing and to me that's that's a no-no absolutely no um i i would say if that happens even you know recently i've had uh, i danced with somebody who they didn't mean anything by it but even like they they kind of had this thing where they would just kind of take my body with both of their hands and kind of place me in in a certain way alongside them you know and they don't mean anything by it there's nothing uh, I don't I don't think they see it as anything offensive they're not aware of it but I don't like it I don't like it and I don't know whether I'm I'm responsible for bringing that up with them and asking them not to do that like sure I could but also I kind of don't want to do that either <laughs> uh, I'm sort of thinking to myself like like my friend who just was like hey I don't like this I'm just gonna walk off the floor 
and they took that space and they, they took that uh, they took up that room you know with their will and they're like this is what I want and this is what I don't want and and sometimes I have these situations where you know I could say something and bring it up and ask for something different but honestly I don't really like doing that and it doesn't really work uh, you know, one of the one of the last times I had to do it, I was dancing with somebody, and their embrace was so uncomfortable, like so much tension in their open side of the embrace. And I asked them, you know, to do something different, and it really wasn't met with a lot of warmth or care. Instead, it was just kind of like, you know, you're being such a diva. <laughs> So anyway, that's kind of the beginning of my list. I am curious what you have on your list as deal breakers. Uh, some of these items were topics that we discussed with my friend at our real tango banter at the Malanga. We brought up a lot of these, uh, these things about smell and how the person feels. And sometimes it's the clothing. Sometimes, you know, it's like these superficial things and um, I think a real deal breaker has qualities to it so when I ask you like what are your deal breakers I want you to think of things that are that feel very quirky and individual to you it's just this quirk that only you have like one of my best friends has this thing about teeth like she cannot date with the person a person who doesn't have like the specific criteria for teeth and she's felt very guilty about that because she's like well you know he has all these amazing other things right but I'm like you know what this is your deal breaker respected because if we can't respect that and we let that kind of we're kind of like, oh, we'll allow this, but then we'll we'll keep doing that, and eventually we're like saying yes to a lot of things we don't want, you know. So, so it's got to be really individual and personal. Secondly, um, it's irrational. Okay, it's an irrational thing. There's no good reason for you to do that, you know. And and you might even judge someone who does it. You might even like have a bad opinion if you see it. But uh, it's an irrational kind of uh, thought that you you can't allow yourself to do this because of this thing that's kind of doesn't make sense and frequently it's embarrassing to admit to you know it's embarrassing to admit that you won't dance with someone just because they have a certain smell about them or their particular height like some people are like I'm never going to dance with people taller than me that's just it can't do it you know, um, there is a dancer that I don't dance with because he's too tall for me. There is. And um, he's an amazing dancer, but I don't dance in heels and he's very, very tall and I just don't dance with him. So that's like my deal breaker, you know, I got to be comfortable. So I am curious to hear what your deal breakers are. Uh, pop them into a message, uh, send them on social media at I'm So Tango. And uh, yeah, this turned out to be a pretty fun little discussion. I like where this is going and um, we'll continue bantering uh, next week at another episode. 
So I hope to see you this weekend at San Diego Tango Marathon. Come by, say hello. I always love uh, meeting the people who are listening uh, to this and uh, love bantering with you in person. Until next time, have a great week. Ciao.